Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. After one of our moves, Katie and I were lucky to fall into a group of friends who quickly became extremely close-knit. We would make coffee dates during the week, meet for lunch or dinner in twos or threes and fours, and at least once a month, the whole group of us would gather together. We would eat, we would play games, and as the months added up, more and more over time, we were our real and whole and largely uncensored selves with each other. We relaxed into one another. We were like family in the sense that we were reliable for one another. Having close friends makes a world of difference. I wonder what kind of friend Elizabeth was to Mary. I have to imagine that they were close, Elizabeth and Mary. I imagine that it's a close friend you run to in a hurry when you find out you are pregnant. I imagine that it is a close friend you stay with for three whole months during your pregnancy. I think that if we pay attention, today's scene from Mary's story asks us to see Mary and her experience a little bit differently from how we might normally see her. I know I fall into the habit of seeing Mary through the eyes of centuries of art and music, which have portrayed her as so serene, so calm, so serious. But the Mary we meet today rushes off to Elizabeth's house in a big hurry. She doesn't stroll serenely. She's hasty. And we know from the song in our scripture that comes right after today's gospel reading that Mary sang and sang with great joy and boldness. Mary was more than just serene. And who does Mary choose to go to? She goes to her loud relative and friend. The scripture tells us that Elizabeth was loud in her response to Mary's greeting. Maybe that's just the way Elizabeth was in general. Maybe she was loud. Maybe she was boisterous. Maybe she liked to laugh. Maybe Elizabeth was one of those friends who puts it all out there, who tells it like it is. And maybe that instilled a confidence in Mary, that she knew where she stood with Elizabeth and knew Elizabeth would take her in just as she was and hear her story. We know that Mary and Elizabeth were related. Tradition calls them cousins because that's how one word was translated in the King James Version of the Bible. But that word really just means relative or kin, so we don't know their exact relationship, just that there was some form of blood relationship to some degree. But only some relatives turn out to also be real friends. And I think Elizabeth was a real friend. I'm sure that a pair of astonishing pregnancies, one in a woman too young and not yet married, and one in a woman too old, I'm sure that these are circumstances that would send one running for a friend to lean on. All kinds of things move us to turn toward a friend. Think about it for just a minute. What moves you to reach out for a friend? For some of us, we don't need to think any farther than the mix of stress and emotion that can mark the holiday season. When we're trying to celebrate, 
but know also that life is hard. It helps to have a friend to turn to. Sometimes even when our own lives are basically going fine, the state of the world has us reaching out for the reassurance of another person, someone who's there for us. And it isn't just hard stuff that has us reaching for a friend. When we're happy, when we have something to celebrate, we often want someone to share that with. And while I'm talking about friends, that person could be a spouse or partner, could be a brother or sister, could be a community, a group. In the season of Advent, we turn our attention to watching for what God will do. We wait and we wonder. We don't quite know how to make sense of how God might enter our world, how God might work with and among us. And in the face of this waiting and uncertainty, it helps that we do not do this alone. We come together in the community called church to share this time and experience of waiting and uncertainty. I imagine that Mary felt a sense of confidence that in the face of astonishing events, Elizabeth would listen to her story. It turns out Elizabeth didn't really need to hear Mary's story. Elizabeth already had unique, God-given insight into what was going on. Theologians describe Elizabeth as the first witness to what was going on with Mary. In this context, what it means for Elizabeth to be Mary's witness is that Elizabeth sees what is happening. Elizabeth is able to observe what is unfolding in these astonishing events. To say that Elizabeth is a witness to the events unfolding also means that Elizabeth shares her understanding with Mary. Elizabeth speaks to Mary and affirms what has already been said about the meaning of these events. What has already been said is the words that the angel Gabriel said to Mary, announcing her pregnancy. Elizabeth is Mary's witness, a witness to the truth of the angel's words and to events as they unfold. If this is the kind of witness Elizabeth is, what is the truth Elizabeth witnesses to? She says essentially this to Mary. Mary, you are blessed. The one growing in your womb is blessed. You are the mother of my Lord. Bless you for believing that what God said to you would come true. Bless you for believing God's promise would be fulfilled. One of my favorite singer-songwriters is Dar Williams, and she has a song titled, My Friends. I especially like this line. She sings, Sometimes I see myself fine. Sometimes I need a witness. I know that feeling. That feeling that someone else can help me see myself more clearly. Elizabeth is that person who, like a mirror, reflects back to Mary who she is. Elizabeth reflects back to Mary the meaning of what Mary is experiencing. I have friends like that. Friends who reflect me back to myself so that I can see myself more clearly so that I can better understand or maybe make sense of my own experience. Who is my witness? Who is yours? A few minutes ago, I described my close-knit group of friends. 
one by one or two by two, over the course of about 18 months, everyone in that group moved. Jobs or relationships took different ones of us to different cities. And when that period of movement was complete, when every last person from that group was at least some hundreds of miles apart from one another, Katie and I found ourselves lonely. In my life, I've known seasons of abundant, dear friendships. I've also known seasons of loneliness, times when I wasn't sure who I could turn to. Some of you know who your dearest friends are. I talk about Mary and Elizabeth and ask who serves as a witness to you, and you know exactly who the person or people are who you are closest to, close enough that they can help you see yourself and gain insight into what is going on with you. But some of you are lonely, and this is where the church must play a role. I'm thankful for all the ways I already see this in action. Thankful for those of you who reach out to someone who's lonely, who offer an invitation and a time of companionship, who open up your heart and your schedule and your home beyond that circle of your own blood relatives or your closest friends. Mary goes on to say, My soul magnifies the Lord. Here, magnify doesn't mean make larger, the way an object looks larger through a magnifying glass. Here, magnify means to make appear larger, to make conspicuous, to emphasize the view of, or to make great. And the word used here also means to celebrate. There, with Elizabeth, Mary had a sense, somehow, that the role she was playing would make God conspicuous for the world. Mary had a sense that she was playing a part in celebrating God's presence and action. One lonely period in my life was the year I lived in Chicago. I made some friends, though. And one day, two friends came to my apartment. I cooked us dinner, and we talked. I talked a little bit about what was hard for me. And they asked if they could pray with me. At that time in my life, I was not accustomed to praying one-on-one or or directly, immediately with one or two people. I prayed by myself. I prayed together with a whole group in the congregation and worship. But I could probably count on one hand the times ever in my life when anyone had actually prayed personally just with me. I certainly had never offered to pray with someone. And at that time in my life, it felt a little uncomfortable. But it also felt wonderful. It felt like being cared for. It felt like my friends there saw what I really needed and what in that moment would make a difference to me. The offer to pray was more welcome than it was weird, which is saying something. That day, those friends magnified God for me. Then and there, through the simple act of sharing prayer, God became more conspicuous to me. Mary magnified God. My friends magnified God. We can all magnify God for one another. We simply can't walk this journey alone. Whatever life brings, we need to share that experience with someone else. God knows this. Scripture shows us over and over relationships, all kinds of relationships, whether family, friends, spouses, or communities. Some of us here are in a season of our lives when we easily rest in the assurance of friends and family who are there for us. 
Some of us here are in lonely seasons of our lives. All of us have the ability to be an Elizabeth for a Mary, to reach out or to respond to another's reaching out, to offer friendship and care, even when that might cost us something in time or energy, because we can all magnify God, in the words of Mary's song. Every one of us can be the friend, the steadfast, caring presence that reminds another of God's steadfast, caring presence. Every one of us can be a witness to God's presence in the events of our lives or the world. May we all hear the call to share life's journey, to be a companion along the way, to offer our own hearts on God's behalf for the sake of another. Amen.